You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't call it a comeback. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics offseason. And that's going to be basically the mainstay conversation on this week's Celtic Stuff Live. I'm Justin, he's John, and we're here trying to carry you through, folks. We're, we really are. We're grasping at straws on topics. We do have four Celtics uh, representing Team USA, so that's nice. We get to kind of look at that a little bit. But to carry 40 minutes, 35 minutes of our usual show, again, grasping at straws. And John and I were talking before we even kicked this one off and thinking, why is it that this offseason – Feels so long. If you remember last year, we were very excited. Uh, expectations were high. Lots of what are they going to do with the rotation? How are they going to work that in? You know, how many wins? Like all this optimism. Not that I'm not optimistic this year, though. And I'm really excited to see Kemba. And, and I think the conversation would be different if Al Horford had stuck around. Uh, but at the same time, oh, and we do get. Bobby Manning's interview at Syracuse, right, of Ennis Cantor. So we got a little bit, little bit there, which is kind of nice. And he's still pleading his case, or at least looking for support to be able to go play the Toronto Raptors, which uh, is less of a concern now that Kawhi has chosen the Clippers, at least in terms of postseason. But you know, we're just looking for what are the mainstay topics. What can we talk about? And ultimately. John, I think you and I said, let's talk about why this offseason feels so long. Because I still feel like there's plenty of optimism for the season. It's just not championship hopes. Is that the main contributing factor to why the August doldrums have really just kind of sunk in here four weeks? Now we're heading into September. And I said to you, when does training camp start? A month. (laughs) It feels like another August ahead. Jeez, man. I, well, yeah, it's this is tough. I'm not I down in the dumps. I'm just saying. Like, you're pretty down in the dumps. I'm I mean, just you, saying. Listen. Uh, yeah. My let's, mouth let's never is at a loss you, for words. You have been, I feel like the lows have been low for one Justin Poulin in this, uh, I'd say over the last 20, the last 12 months. The lows have been low this season. And I think, I think we can, uh, we can identify. 
What's going Ooh, on? Here we go. A little psychoanalysis. Yeah, I, think, I think we're jumping I'm into jug the head. head. All right. Let's, let's, we're jumping into the jug head. into the jug head. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, it, the, the, those expectations have set forth just an unholy amount of pain and suffering on Celtics uh, fandom. I mean, we were sky so You know I like to be a glass half full kind of guy. Indeed you are. I struggle with things like the Kyrie scenario. I just, even if it's unrealistic, that part of the ride is so much fun. And then next thing you know, things fall into place. Things are good and you just be patient and you wait. But these, these times, these times test my patience and, and my unrelenting optimism. So you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and I think it goes back to a year ago and, um, Scotchy, scotchy, scotch. I love scotch. Um, when, Bourbon. Bourbon okay, action. I'm sorry. My mistake. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is how bad this is. This is how just, I get through the show. Justin no. is <laughs> his way through this one. My first oh, couple of sets. You were 10 minutes late. Who knows, who knows how late it. you were going to be? I get it. I get it. Um, so, you know, I think I think all of us, I think we until this Celtics team hits the floor, and they play, and they play not disastrously bad, I think we're going to all be kind of in a PTSD state and wondering when or, you know, when how when, how badly is this going to go for us? And while things were great after the Gordon Hayward, you know, injury, you could almost point back to that of really since that point, things have been off kilter. And I think last year's, last year's uh, disappointment – um, you know, kind of the, you know, two years ago, our, our optimism with Hayward and, and Kyrie was put off. And while it was a good year, it was still like, this is nice, but let's see when everyone's healthy. But it was a fun year. Despite all of well, the, despite all the reasons to get negative, that was a fun year. But at no point did we say, ah, oh, we're going to contend. You know, last year, okay, no, last but, year. but that's not always the dictator, right? Like, have, we all love, you know, like, the overperforming of the young players and stuff at least made that palatable. And then you get to the Eastern Conference sure. Finals, Game 7, like that. That was, that is that to me is an endearing season. I endearing will never sore, forget that. But it's it's frosting on a cake. It's not the cake. But the in cake. postseason, you and I believed that they would have a shot at Golden State. That's how much of a ride that was. Now, did we say that they were, you know, one out of 100 odds? Sure. But there was a small part of us that truly felt like you could punch the bully in the mouth. Yes, but even – but one out of 100 isn't really – I mean, look, one out of 100 Oh, I get you. Like last, last year, last thought, years, there's a legit was, shot, yes, and yes. and we thought there might be even a legit shot with a healthy Hayward and a healthy Kyrie going back two years. So after the injury, we were forced to put those things aside. So last year, not only did we have all the 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 good vibes off of that playoff run, like you're talking about, we we brought with it the baggage of two years ago and saying, okay, now we're gonna see how this goes, and that turd burger of a season has left us all like, oh, my God, <laughs> this sucks, man. And and I think it's – You're it's, right. It's, there was like this level of patience that we had to have, right. and then they delighted us anyway. Yeah. And then we went into last season thinking, okay, we patiently waited, and now there's all this optimism and that letdown. Right. 
is what is really making it's it you're right it's the it's two seasons culminating yeah. into this one and and let's also say that the excitement for Tatum has also hit somewhat of a low right sure. like i and that's a kind of a weird thing because you look at where Tatum was at and he was a big piece even last year like look what he did in the you know he's going to take and and honestly statistically he didn't really drop off there's lots of reasons to think that this is going to be that third year breakout year for him and that we really get to see what the top uh, level potential is for him. And even some of the articles about Team USA talking about how Tatum's uh, proving to be multifaceted even in his playmaking. Mm. And that's something that they really haven't highlighted in the past. And he's getting more aggressive. And he does look stronger, as a matter of fact. He does mm. look like he's filled out. He, he doesn't have the rail look anymore. He's not quite as you know, muscle built as Brown, but he's not nearly as far off as he was year one as a rookie. When you remember him coming in and you compared him to Brown, he was kind of string beanie. But mm-hmm. now, you know, he's got some build. He's clearly been putting the work in to be uh, a little bit more of a force on the block. And uh, we saw both him and Brown in a couple of games. I, at least I saw in some highlights where they were able to, to body up in the post and actually go up and over the defender. And that's kind of good stuff to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you pointed that out because he does, and you could see it really in the shoulders. I mean, that's really I thought where uh, where you saw Giannis, um, the difference in Giannis. You know, he was kind of rail thin as well when he got started, but but you saw the shoulders just kind of become like these hulking uh, behemoths, you know, like okay, things are happening here. And I think I think you're also seeing that with Tatum now. To me, the the question coming out last year was less about strength and, of course, and more about mindset and attitude and adjustment and and seeing who he was in the, in this new you know new world. Uh, but you're absolutely right that I thought and I thought we've seen some of some good signs of that from USA Basketball, as you said, playmaking. Yes, I mean, really making some strong decisions playmaking wise that really make me feel like how are we going to take advantage of this to a greater degree on a team with Kemba Walker and a team with, with uh, Gordon Hayward um, and Marcus Smart. You got to get the ball in his hands, allow him to make plays a little bit. So, uh, and let him make mistakes too. So I think that's the, a big, a really good sign. Um, but his growth and development is so important going forward here. And, and we have to pivot. And I think once this team's on the floor, you and I kind of coming back to this summer of discontent that we've been living in here. Uh, I I'm think actually it will excited all go away. for the season. That's the whole thing, right? Like, this is where you and I differ. And it really centered that entire Kyrie argument and conversation between us. That really highlighted the differences. I'm okay with not winning a championship right away. I'm okay with not, you know, rolling all the dice on all of your young guys and trying to get an Anthony Davis here. That never bothered me in this offseason, right? I think the loss of Horford and not bothered me in a painful way, just like I got very hopeful that mm-hmm. the moves that they were making might be able to bring him back, and we might be looking at a one-for-one swap, which was really enticing to me. But that didn't happen. So it does temper expectations a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm just looking to enjoy watching the team play. That's literally where I'm at. And I know you still enjoy that. I'm not making an accusation there, right? (laughs) You know, it's not a backhanded kind of statement at all. But, but your, your, you know, championships are going to dictate or the ability to win a championship is going to dictate 
a large uh, a large level of how you feel about the team and how much you enjoy it. But I love watching young players develop. And I know there's a part of you that does, which helps you stave over because you like being a coach and you coach your son's basketball teams. And, you know, so there has to be a development side of you that really enjoys that, right? But I think sure. your, your thirst for the next championship uh, is it is probably lost its quench two or three years post previous championship, you know. And for me, it's like yeah, two thousand and eight was a long time ago, right? Like we're talking eleven years back now. Um, but I still have a great fond memory of that, and I really enjoy watching the young players. And so I just want to enjoy this season and kind of watching what's happening with Team USA. You know, I'm anxious for the season to start, and I think. That even if they're a first round exit this year, while I'll be disappointed in that, I think I will enjoy the regular season far more than I did the last couple of years. And 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 maybe not quite true because the second half, you know, with Scary Terry and you know Jalen and and Jason was oh boy, that was a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, I think there's an element of that that's coming to this season that has me excited about it. But I, I I feel like part of the drag is that I can't just put last season in the past until this season starts. And so I, it's almost like we're in purgatory, right? We're in between this, like, heaven and hell. And even then, heaven's maybe not all it's cracked up to be once the season gets started, potentially, because it's not championship heaven. It's, you know, maybe we'll have some fun heaven. And so... uh you know, the purgatory kind of thing that we're held into is definitely, it's a little bit of a struggle. I think, I, I think I would probably rather than, I think the issue is that it's results based. Yes, but it's also expectations based and looking what the, what the team on paper and what they can do. And that's why the Brad Stevens era has been such a positive, I think in, in, in my mind and why I'm kind of in a, you know, Brad can't fail in my mind in many ways because He's always gotten the most out of his team. And while I'm a Danny guy and I'm about building rosters and building teams on paper, the fact that they've always over, you know, over, you know, over, uh, uh performed, uh, over, uh, you know, what they've done in the, in the overachieved. Long I know that's overachieved. a word you're looking for. Yeah. 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 They've overachieved. They've, they, you know, they all going back to IT and, you, know, you know, they've always been greater than the sum of their parts. That's what has been great about the team. What happened last year was, like I said, two years, I think, of, of, you know, with this now two years of, of, of latent expectations, but also just the failure to meet those and, and, and in such a supreme way, uh, in a way that you don't know, look back at 20, 30 years of basketball. There are a few teams that you can compare this Celtics team to that were as big of a disappointment. Now, you take a step back and say, well, the reason why they failed is because they had so many young players. It's a little bit more understandable and it fits more to that historical context. But the problem that we, I think, see is that this, that, that team had so much potential and so many opportunities. In a 2K setting, it was a great team to play. In a real world setting, they couldn't figure it out. And so, you know, when there's there's different uh, pieces of you people's know, yeah. agendas, you, you always have that that issue. Now, a lot of that crap has pulled away. And like you said, like I'm excited to see them get on the court and play. Um, and actually, I, I am looking forward to this season because the expectations are lower. But 
I, I like you said, there's I'm a party that laments what we lost. Yeah. I, I lament the fact that what we should be doing is building, is walking into a, a surefire NBA contender ready team. And until this team gets on the floor and shows that they're competing, I'm going to, I'm still, there's a piece of my brain that's still saying, damn, we were this close to having AD, yeah, I, Kyrie, and I just and don't think we were. Else. You believe that more than I did. All right, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet, tweet, tweet live, as well as your host at CSL underscore Justin. That's me at CSL underscore Duke. That's John. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media. One month from now, you'll get high-definition, full-length logger room interviews. But in the meantime, you've got Celtic Stuff Live. You've got the round table. And again, get ready. The Garden Report is coming back. While baseball season is in full swing, placing a wager on baseball has never been easier with all the best odds at betonline.ag. This week, John, who you watching? Sox Angels, man. The Halos, right? And the pick? And the pick? Sox. They're going to finish strong. They're going to finish time, strong. I think last time you went Angels and the Sox did win. but I, I know. Think- Yep. I'm not going reverse jinx this time. Don't trust John. Wait for football season because <laughs> preseason's underway, and in just two weeks you can bet on the Patriots but never bet on game four of the preseason. Do not never. do that. Never. Go back to Red Sox Angels. Celebrate another season kickoff. BetOnline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. So, John, yeah, um, I think you believed that whole Anthony Davis thing a lot more than I did. I don't, I don't, there's a lot of me that didn't feel like that was going to come to fruition, and so it didn't really bother me that it didn't. There was also another part of me that didn't want it to because I didn't want to part with guys like Brown and Tatum. We still have this extension conversation, and uh, you know, some players getting extensions recently, injured players that play for the New Jersey Nets, right, Levert, and so that may be setting New Jersey Nets. <laughs> Did I say New Jersey? Holy moly, yeah. Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what this will do. Yeah, so right. the, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, the uh, Burke Nets. Yeah, I seriously, I've had three sips. You know what I mean? <laughs> I barely stopped talking. But Levert, right? Seventeen million a year. Yeah, and and obviously, a, you know, a, a player on the rise. Right. For New Jersey. <laughs> that was for you. Playing was, in Newark. Dude, I'm just Brendan like milking. I'm, I'm milking it. I'm like, Brendan we're going to get, we're going to make time out of this baby. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> he's, so he's, you know, he's a player that's, you know, was really on a hot, he was on a fast track, gets an injury, and then yet they still lock him up to an extension at 17.5. So we have to talk a little bit about what's that mean for, for Jalen Brown. You know, and his extension and what would be a fair price. You know, I think people feel like maybe Levert's upside was more proven and more there, although he got more minutes and more opportunity. And so maybe the holes in the game close a little bit quicker. People don't see it as much. 
the playmaking for Brown is is continuing to be the center of the discussion about whether or not you give him you know significant money. But does this reset the number to twenty million? You know, who knows? So we, we need to talk about that, and then I think we can talk a little bit about Team USA. But at the end of the day. You know, this show is about the fan experience, and that's how we get through the offseason, right, is the roller coaster ride that it is to be a fan. And so one thing I will say is my fandom has been almost entirely for a while, but not completely, but very much built around my support of Jalen Brown. And I did sour on him a little bit. There was a stretch, not like Marcus Smart, who has turned out to be, you know, he's the captain now, right? He's 25. Captain Still America. very young. He's Captain America. America. Yep. And so that speaks volumes, though, about, you know, where he's at. And uh, even inside of the Celtics locker room, people talked about that. And my dad was visiting this weekend. And, you know, you know, the dad head. The dad head. And he said, you know, that really surprises me because I've always seen Marcus Smart as volatile. And I said, you know, he's in one incident pre-college, right? It was pre-college, right? That was a high school incident. And then he has, you know, the punching, the uh, the picture frame in the hotel, you know, hallway or whatever it was. And certainly I got really, really down on him during that stretch. Very frustrated. I remember. Yep. That, that was a, that was you a were low. You were pretty much trading yep. for a bag of balls. Out the door. Point. Out yep. the door. Yep. Don't like him. But yep. you know what? He, he, for the most part, he really has matured nicely. He's 25. And everybody inside that locker room, and I don't mean Team USA, I mean reports from the Celtics organization, although it's being reinforced as as he's become Captain USA. Um, so the fact is, the guy's a leader, and he's a young leader, and and this is this is somebody that signed for a reasonable extension. So going back to Jalen Brown, you know, big part of me was like, I feel like I'm the only guy who wants us to draft him, and I wanted to draft him all this time. And now there's like these limitations. I just want him to prove himself this year. Just prove himself, please, right? But Marcus Smart took a little bit of a rebate, right? Maybe not a huge one, but was it definitely market value? Hard telling. I'm kind of looking for Jalen to do the same thing. You know, let this let this young group of players – now, I'm not saying to do the same amount as Marcus Smart. You know what I mean? But – and, it, and we don't really have any reports that the Celtics have offered it in any kind of you know extension, but if they offer twenty million for what three years, four years, yeah, I mean the argument max. around Levert is that he's still like twenty eight or whatever. Is twenty million the max? No, 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 no it's, it's not. Like 20, almost thirty million. That's what I thought for yeah. a player at yeah because he was drafted high enough, right? right? That's part of it. So at the end of the day, like. If he took 20, if they offered 20, 21 million, I'd actually be disappointed if he didn't take it if they were willing to commit to him now, you know, in terms of the max mm-hmm. number of years. Mm-hmm. And he would still be up for a huge deal at the end of that contract. He'd yeah, be I, young enough and it would still work out. I think if, if there was a five year, $20 million deal on the table, uh, I think the Sully, I think the Sullivan would entertain that and I think he should take it. Um, I know the market's tight and, and he should, you know, benefit for possibly even a max. It probably doesn't make much sense for him to do that at this point to get the maximum amount of money and look at what's on the table for him next summer. It's, it's foolish for him probably to even consider it. Uh, having said that though, 
Uh, you know, Marcus Smart was in a very different situation when he entered his restricted free agency. The money was tight. There wasn't a whole lot of money out there and there was no, there were no takers, you know, and so the Celtics really were bidding against themselves to even give him 13 million. I don't think that's going to be the case with Jalen. Now, Jalen has, I think, more, um, more question marks than, uh, than I think us as Celtics fans would probably su- suggest while we see him as somebody who has but that athleticism. As a third player. That's yeah, why but, teams, but no, feel. that's why teams will get excited. That's to your right. point, that's right. why teams will get excited. But his lack of feel, uh, as someone who's seen him, uh, you know, for four years, we know that that's a problem for him. And, why he's not a max player, why, you know, you, you're even questioning why you're not signing him right now. So, you know, I, I would love to see him return. I just, I don't think the timing's right. It doesn't seem like he's going to back down from what he should think that he's worth. And I think on the other, he doesn't have an agent and, and then smart is, you know, I think smart was just in a very different spot. And obviously he went to restricted free agency, found no offers and then, you know, came in with a, uh, a reasonable offer. So I hope it happens. I mean, I, I like Jalen and I, and one thing that should be added and not to pivot right now, but you know, what team USA is doing is they're largely, they're playing him at the four. They're, you know, this is what remember coming in when, when Jalen came in, there was a lot of talk that maybe he's a, a four, he's a power forward, a small ball power. In today's forward. NBA. I mean, that's and how Danny's so, been looking at all of these long threes, remember? Like, that was a conversation with Hakeem Warwick back in the sure. mid-2000s. But he's, yeah, but he doesn't have the length of Warwick, but, but he, his lack of feel. No, but he has more strength. Sure, he has more but he, strength, he lacks so. the, but not having that feel isn't an issue at the four, you know? not Absolutely. You know, not being this, you know, Secondary playmaker or tertiary playmaker isn't nearly the big deal as a, at at the four as it is at the two. You know, if he's your two and you're sharing the floor with another guy at that four spot who doesn't have playmaking abilities, so well, is Hayward rotating to the two then? Like we've talked about these like weird lineups and everything, right? right. So now you've got Kemba, and you could actually put Smart maybe at the two, and maybe Hayward's still coming off the bench, or do you put Hayward at the two? And put Tatum at the three because even Tatum's floated to the four. But right. I think Tatum, Tatum as a scorer and the playmaker, to what we just said a little bit earlier in the first half, he could definitely be the playmaker at the three. And then Jalen goes to the four, and and that whole thing is switchable even with Smart or Hayward. Doesn't even matter. I guarantee you. I guarantee you this. Sometime before Thanksgiving. Brad Stevens will run out a lineup of Kemba, Brown, Tatum, Hayward. He's going to play sure. the five, and, and and let's see what happens. You know, when you say he plays the five. Were you referencing I'm not, Brown? I'm, playing, I'm saying he's playing Hayward. the five players. I'm not oh yeah, who's playing the five position? So I mean, so I, who does play the five? Do you think they've let Hayward go down there? Smart man, he can guard anybody. Who gives a damn? <laughs> Put him on Kristaps Porzingis. I was just gonna say, if he's matched up against Porzingis, he's at the five. Yep. Vucevic, I don't care, man. Let him. Let's go, baby. Let's 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 go to combat. Forget the put combat your five, muscles. Put your let's five go. best. You know what, though? That would be exciting. You put those five players on the floor. Why not? And just try to outscore them. Why? Just try to play play solid defense, right. give up a matchup here and there, try to rotate over with help defense. If they swing the ball and they do a good job, great. Get in the passing lanes. Try to get those turnovers. 
you know, but go score, baby, go score. You know, that's you're right. And and so how many how many back to the basket centers are going to be able to to really make you punished for that? There are some out there. We have one on our team who would punish a team for that. But how many guys? You know, Robin Lopez isn't going to make anyone, uh, you know, anyone's hearts flutter. Certainly against a team like, you know, the the Bucks, that's a problem. But you're going to cause a problem from them on the other but end. Defensively, the yeah. Is, how do they cover? Who's Brooke Lopez going to guard? Yeah, I was just going to say, luck. Put, yep. put him on Jalen Brown and see how that goes. You know, just going to say that. Let's you go. Put, you put I mean, a traditional big who'd punish us on the offensive end. How do they? How do they be able to defend on the other end? Absolutely. Especially when you've got outside shooters. Like, Brown's becoming a very reliable spot-up three-pointer. He's just got to be open. Well, guess how Brown gets more open? You <laughs> put him shot. out there with a ton of other shooters, right. and he gets left alone because they don't want Kemba shooting it. You know, even Smart, his went up. The two players they're going to ignore from beyond the arc are going to be Brown and Smart, and both of them have become much better shooters from beyond the arc over the last two years, especially Smart last season. You know, and, and to that point too, Justin, I think is, is really important. And we're seeing with Team USA, the, the game, the NBA game is becoming so focused on the shooters, right? We gotta set up the shooters, get shooters out there. The, the Team USA, you got, you know, uh, Joe Harris and, and Middleton and all these guys. These guys are great shooters, but they can't do a whole lot else. I think the Celtics have more multi-dimensional players, but they don't have guys that necessarily have that thirst to attack the basket. If, Kemba can what about do what Hayward, Kemba though? can do. Well, Kemba that's does, what I'm but saying. Hay- yeah. If Hayward becomes old G, he becomes something resembling the Hayward of Utah, which is a really a guy that's attacking the basket with without abandon. And then you've got Jalen also. And if, if you know, again, maybe this is a big if, but if Tatum makes that leap that we're seeing, he's definitely trying. I'm not saying he's there, but he's trying to make the changes in his game from what we're seeing in FIBA ball. That's a team that is multidimensional and, and is in out, not just passing around the perimeter like we saw last season. There is a, some real north-south attacking, which this FIBA team needs to work on and the Celtics team needs to work on. But if they can do that, if they can get to the bucket, um, that's going to create that that really that accordion-style uh, issues for the defense and closeouts and the like that is going to allow the Celtics to really be a dangerous team offensively. And, and it's fully within their capabilities. So we started the show talking about how it's the off season and it's painful. And then we went to this whole conversation about how, you know, it's the fan experience and our undying commitment to optimism around the team. And look at how we just walked ourselves Oops. into a conversation <laughs> based around the fact that the Celtics could take over the league with a lineup <laughs> of Kemba, Smart, Brown, Tatum, yeah. and Hayward. That was, that right there is the Celtics stuff live magic. Summed up in one, you know, 35-minute episode. That's absolutely beautiful, John. Uh, all right, let's save a little in the tank. we got four more of these to manufacture before we have some real, real basketball. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writers, Samuel Elias.
Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media. Nick Gelso and my co-host John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. So All the right. outtakes is Ennis Canner. Oh, oh. I don't know. Did you have something else? Well, I thought we we could do. Yeah, I've, Ennis Canner is probably better than what I've got. So okay, let's, well, let's roll with it. Well, just because he, he's such an entertaining character. I mean, some of some of this now is entertainment, right? To enjoy the season, etc. Ooh, ooh, I like it. You're hemming and hawing, so this is a good outtake. But here's what I'm really getting at. You brought up the fact that you know we have a player who can punish. Opposing defenses, you know, the secondary look to the, what you just described, you know, is is just plugging him in there. But don't change the strategy because he's not defensive. Just throw in that big man. So let's say somebody, you know, like a Brook Lopez gets rolled out there and they're having a little bit of luck. You just bring in Ennis Kenter as the counterpunch. And he goes and does some offensive stuff and then defensively, defensively at the other end. You know, we just make sure, and the and the great thing about Canner is those offensive, I mean, the defensive rebounds, right? Is just securing that. So if they don't make the shot, the second chance opportunities that have been plaguing this team for so long get addressed. And so with that in mind, as long as they're grabbing those, good on you, son, because everything else is going to be total offense again. I think they have to be super up tempo this year. And, yeah. I, and I think they can throw a lot of different looks at up-tempo, offensive-oriented basketball. And I know the staple, even before Brad, with Doc Rivers, has always been slow down, get back on defense. I just hope that they say, screw that this year and give us a show. <laughs> screw that. I No, I, I think there's there's good reason for that. And, and Cantor's biggest benefit yeah he's a good defensive rebounder but he's even an even better offensive rebounder so why not sell out go for the offensive glass and see what you can do i mean i i think you're right look at this team you've got you know that that group of five uh, that we talked about that, you know we need a name for uh, i don't know if that's team team usa and gordon but uh there's <laughs> team america maybe that's who that it's that group is smalls bro it's Biggie Smalls. The score's big, and it's a bunch of Smalls out on the floor. Okay. All right. All right. I'll let, I'll let that. I'll let that marinate. Nah, I don't a like bit. it. You no, let it, I gotta let it marinate. Play with it. Play it. with it. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> we could just call it Notorious. The Notorious lineup. Notorious F I V E. Um, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. F I V E. Nice stretch. We'll think nice about it. We'll think one. about okay. it. We're, we're going to work on this. We're workshopping. It's the off season, you know. Brad's in the lab working on this stuff. We're work, we're working on our our game too. Um, yeah, I I think what I was going to say is you've got those five guys, and apart from Cantor, you've all your bigs are are kind of rim running, like get up and down guys. Whether it's it's uh, Tice, who's had Tice a good little and, world. Yep. Williams and uh, Poirier, like those are three guys like to get up and down and run. So, you know, and then you've got rookies and, you know, rookies are young and they're, you know, they're ready to get up and down. Guards are quick, hesitation moves, outside shooters, space the floor. This is all offense with scrappy, but, you know, not necessarily strong interior defense, but definitely scrap. You're going to have to be a gambling team on defense. 
Yeah, I think so because there's there's just no other, um, you know. But you create turnovers, and you, you get do. you know ten you or can. twelve quick points. No, my point is if you do it right. Oh yeah, like yeah. Like if yeah. you're in a game and you create a couple of quick turnovers, and all of a sudden you just score a, a flurry of ten to twelve points, and you have that scrappy Brad Stevens pre Kyrie type of team. Even though they're undersized, even though they don't have the best defenders, even though, you know, dot, 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 if we address the rebounding issue and everybody commits to just gambling on forcing turnovers and otherwise giving up the points, but everything's up-tempo after that, and you've got the offensive rebounding of Cantor, if shots aren't falling, that's when he gets his minutes, second-chance yep. opportunities. Otherwise, go with the notorious FIV. E. Now we're just gonna blur it in there. Fiv. No, Fiv. it's still F I V E. You just oh, blur it just in. Oh, you just blur the V. Yeah, just the blur v. it in. Notorious F I V E. But you don't v. go E E. Yeah, it's e. just the notorious F I V E. I don't know. We'll work we're, on it. We're gonna give it time. We're gonna we're gonna let it marinate. We're gonna it's gonna it's gonna stick. If it's meant to us, it's, it's gonna, the we're gonna let Smalls it go. Lineup. It's the we're gonna let Smalls it go, lineup. and it will come back to us if if it's meant to be. Um, we can call it the Smalls Biggie. We'll work on it. We're going. We don't. It's not happening. <laughs> it's falling apart as we I, speak. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm just. I'm. I'm not. I'm just not there yet. That's all I'm saying. But okay, but no. But your point, your, your your larger point's good, and and I think we we have to figure out though. Um, this is the first time since Horford left that they don't have a big who can do what Horford does. So in a way, you kind of got to go back and look at you know how did they use Zeller, how they lose, how they use Olenek, how they use those guys. It, are there um, analogs to what they've got now? Um, in Tice, Poirier, and, um, you know, Cantor, I think, uh, maybe less so, but, uh, uh, Tice, oh, and Williams, uh, you know, Time Lord. Like, how, how Brad does this, I think it's going to be a lot more like what we see with other teams that don't, you know, that don't have an Al Horford. It's a lot more rim running, a lot more, uh, you know, putting that pressure on the defense with that rim, you know, that rim runner. Which then also does create that north-south stuff that we're talking about that kind of creates the space and allows the defense to collapse and creates gaps and openings for the, for the, the Celtics offense. So unfortunately, I'd rather have Al Horford than that, but here we are. So it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. And I, I think there's stuff to take from whether it's, uh, you know, Brown playing the four or, or playmaking from Tatum. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that we can take from what's going on in FIBA. So get up early, set your DVRs or whatever and watch those FIBA games. Cause I think I really believe that those games are going to really provide a big help for Brad Stevens to give these guys in the right mind space and the right game to be able to, uh, to jump, um, to jump on the NBA out of the gate. Well, I mean, he's got four of the notorious FIV. <laughs> it's the more you lineup. try, the more you try. And I'm just trying left. it out. I'm just trying it out. It's the outtakes. Yeah. Nobody's listening. Yeah, definitely the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's listening. The out, the outhouse takes. No, I'm just kidding. 
Oh, I kid. I kid because I love. Oh, man. So that's it. That's it. If you're still listening, you're welcome. (laughs) If I be! (laughs) Oh, that's staying in.